guitar bar here on the beach doing my thing. I've been reflecting on the Hebrew nation um, in bondage in Egypt and then in freedom after they crossed through the Red Sea back to bondage even though they were free. And I was thinking about this. The, the Hebrews were literally in bondage when they were in Egypt. And then when they crossed the border through the Red Sea, they were technically, they were free. But for 40 years, they were known as the Meribah generation. And Meribah is the Hebrew word for complaining. You were the complaining generation. So although they were technically free in the wilderness, uh, they were living in bondage. Went right back to it. Now, uh, some, some experts, a conservative number for the amount of people that left Egypt was probably 2 million people. We get that number from maybe uh, 600,000 were counted. Those were, was, those were men times that by four per family. It can be upwards of 2.3 million. In any case, um, the Bible is clear that only two people out of the roughly 2 million that came out of Egypt made it to the promised land. In fact, Moses didn't even make it because God says, you will not enter the promised land for the disobedience, for the rebellious hearts. If you look at Exodus 32, they, they were worshiping a, a golden calf. They were bowing down to idols. They were going nuts. They were complaining. There was no indications that they were free people, but technically they were free. So because of that, only two, Joshua and Caleb, were able to enter the promised land. Now I think, I don't know, I'll just speak for myself, and I'm just like those complaining Hebrews in the wilderness. And I think if you're honest, then you're gonna say the same thing. I think if we're all honest as, as a church, then we're gonna say we are just like those people wandering and complaining in the desert. So if the similarity, if there's a similarity between the uh, the children of Israel or, or the, the Hebrews and the church, and if the math is the same, then that means roughly one in a million are experiencing the abundant life that Jesus talked about in, in John 10.10. 10. It means one in a million are living in the land flowing with milk and honey or as my mom calls it, the Loma, land of milk and honey. And if we're being honest, most of us would say we walk around complaining. Most of us would admit we still struggle with habitual sins, irrational thoughts, destructive behaviors. Most of us would say we're, we're, on, we're on point at 10.30 at our church and in 1201 in the parking lot we're we're angry again most of us parents would admit that we're we're a different type of angry draconian parent at, at 7 30 when we're trying to get the kids ready out the door on sunday and then 10 30 we're singing praises but if that's true Let's take a good look in the mirror to see if, if we're that, you know, 
We're either the 1% that enter the promised land and living the abundant life, or we're, or we're the other. Almost 2 million. So Jesus offers uh, freedom. Now, in, in that passage, um, he talks about... I mean, he's talking to a bunch of people who are, who are denying his deity, who are trying to kill him, and he says... Thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I come that they might have life and have it to the full. They might have it abundantly. And then just before that, in chapter 8, he's talking to a crowd of Pharisees, a crowd of, of Jews, and it says some actually believe in him. Some actually become believers. It says it. Eight, between 20 and 32. I don't have my word now. Oh, that's good. You know so, to, to the crowd who actually believed in him, he offers them freedom. Now, check that out. They already believe in him, but he offers them freedom. He says, uh, if you abide in my word, then you'll be my disciples. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So, there is a type of salvation that is for believers. You say, wait, but they're already free. Well, that's the point. The, the, the Hebrews were technically free when they left Egypt. But in reality, they're in bondage. You as a believer might technically be saved, might technically be free, but you're living in bondage. That's why Jesus offers freedom for people who are already believers. I'll prove it to you. Train. Okay. Here, here he says it here. Most assuredly I say to you, you who commits sin is a slave to sin and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but the son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you should be free indeed. Let me back up here. 31, 831. Then Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. That's, that's a lie. <sighs> How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, You, whoever commits sin, is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you should be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen my father, with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered him and said, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would... You would do the works of Abraham. Then now you seek to kill me. So, so anyways, he goes back and forth with these guys. But they're believers. Can't find it here. That's, isn't that crazy? Okay. So that's the message. <laughs> You can be a believer and then still reject Jesus. 
you can be a believer and be in need of salvation. So, anyways, more to come on this. Let's just talk for real here. If you are a Christian and you're still struggling with certain addictions, negative mindsets, if you have a a spirit of criticism, you can totally be set free from that thing. But I ask, who are you doing life with? Because if you get set free, it's gonna be through community. God will set you free. He could, yeah, he could, he could do whatever he wants. But the chances are, you're gonna get set free from those negative mindsets, from those destructive behaviors, from those hurts of the past, through a body of believers, through community. And what's gonna happen is you're probably gonna sit in a little small group and you're gonna get to know each other. And you're gonna confess things one to another. And slowly but surely, you're gonna gonna creep into this realm of being known and then it's gonna be done. There'll be a time where you no longer hide, where you no longer walk in shame and guilt because you're fully known. This is hard to hear, but if you are 99% known by your spouse, then you're not known. It's always hard to hear because then someone fires back and they say, well, well, I mean, they, should, they shouldn't know everything, right? And that mindset is from the devil. That kind of knee-jerk reaction of like, oh, no, they don't, they don't have to know this part. I'm telling you, that's from the enemy. I mean, it's scary every time, I'll say that. That's why we don't walk into battle alone. We walk in with other people. And like Rosaria Butterfield says, you're, God never messes up on your address. So look around, look at the people in your neighborhood. Those, that's, your, that's who you should be doing life with. Your neighbors, those who live close to you, those you're doing battle with. So isolation is not the worst thing we do, but it's the it's when we do the worst things. So we jump into gospel-centered community, i.e., you might call that your church. I don't care. I, mean, I got my own congregation here at the beach. I know these guys. We do life together. My guys are surfing down there without me, but but they know me, and I'm known, and I'm loved. And they pushed me to be known and loved by my wife. So, anyways, that's that's the word for today. Bondage, freedom, and the land flowing with milk and honey. I pray that you are part of that 1%. That 1% that enters the promised land, so to speak. That 1% that's living a life of freedom. That 1% that's living known and loved. John 10.10, 10, Jesus came that we might have life and have it I'd be abundant life. All right. Peace.